Well, good morning. This has been an amazing morning so far. It's just it's such a delight. I'm kind of just in that grinny phase because I'm just enjoying the whole morning so well. Again, part of what I just love with baptism is this beautiful, pivotal step where people say, I am in with Jesus, I'm all in with Jesus, and I will follow him all the rest of my life. And so it's kind of a beautiful mountaintop kind of moment, right, where we just get to see more of Jesus and delight in him in the journey that he has each one of us on. And if you've journeyed with Jesus for a while, you'll get to know the fact that over the course of our lives, Jesus gives us a number of these beautiful mountaintop moments. These moments where we just catch a glimpse of his glory, the wonder and the beauty of who he is. He gives us these moments where things just become clear and we get to see more of the fullness and goodness of his presence. He's just really good that way. And so what have been some of your mountaintop moments? I want you just to think for a minute about what are some of those moments in your life where you've just caught a glimpse of Jesus, the wonder and the glory of who he is, or maybe he's just met you in a really significant way. Maybe it was at a conference, or maybe it was a, a way to retreat somewhere. Maybe you were out in the bush somewhere just having a great time on your own, just you and Jesus. Maybe it was in your baptism, or in your devotional space, or sometime during the worship team. Uh, maybe you just like, had these meaningful moments along the way. Today we want to talk particularly about these mountaintop moments, these beautiful moments with Jesus, and how they're meant to move us forward on mission with him. So let's pray together as we begin. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your love, for the ways that you care for us so abundantly and so perfectly. Jesus, we thank you for uh, the gift that it is to see you and to know you, for all the ways that you meet us and keep inviting us further and deeper in you to know you and to know you more and more and more. And Jesus, this is the cry of our hearts that we would experience more of you. Come Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us with more of your presence and your goodness and abundance. We offer this time to you, Lord, and pray you would take it and use it to glorify yourself and to advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as you know, we're in this series walking together through the Gospel of Mark. We want to walk through Mark to understand Jesus more, that we would know him more so that we can make Jesus known. And if you remember last week, we looked at the end of chapter 8, uh, when Jesus was gathered with his disciples, and he's kind of clarified their expectations for them, but what it means to walk with God and to journey with him. And that even when we journey through hard and painful seasons, that we're called to continue to trust him and to hold every desire and every ambition and every glory and every goal of our lives fully open and available to God for him to use our life exactly as he wills. And then we're going to pick it up today where we left off last week in Mark chapter 9, verse 2. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app with you, feel free to open and turn to those things. If you don't have it, don't worry, I will read it to you as well. And so we'll journey through this passage together. So after six, six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up on a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Now, can you imagine just for a minute what that would have been like? Can you imagine you're, you know, with a couple of your friends and Jesus, you're hanging out, you've been together for a while, and you go up on a hike day, you're off on a hike, you go up at the side of a mountain, and you're all alone, you're having a great chat, a really good time, and all of a sudden, the appearance of Jesus changes. And the glory of God radiates out of him to such an extent that even the clothes that he is wearing become dazzling white. The radiance of God Almighty shining out of his very being. 
And while you're trying to take in all of that, all of a sudden Moses and Elijah show up. Moses, the guy who led the people through the wilderness, who God used to part the Red Sea and to walk through it, the guy who gave the law, he's right there in front of you speaking with Jesus. And Elijah, maybe the greatest of the prophets, is just right there in front of you. And then Peter says a few things that we'll get to in just a minute, but then a cloud descends. And they would have understood that so often a cloud represented the very presence of God Almighty, the Father God coming down and surrounding and enveloping them. Can you imagine you with the radiance of Jesus, Moses and Elijah, all of you being wrapped in the glory and the presence of Almighty God. And then you hear a voice that says, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. That would be amazing. It would be overwhelming. You can imagine for the disciples, they're looking at this thing. This is terrifying and terrific and overwhelming. This is unlike anything they had ever imagined or anything that they had ever seen. They've been with Jesus for a while, and they've seen him do some pretty amazing things. But in this moment, they get a whole new glimpse of who he is. Jesus isn't just an anointed teacher. Jesus isn't just a great leader. He's not just a good rabbi. They see the radiance of God himself shining out of him in glory, and they realize this is God. And in the middle of this beautiful moment, they're full of wonder, so much so that we read, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were so frightened. And I love this response from Peter. Because I think this is often how we respond in our great moments with God. Peter looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, can we just stay? Jesus, can we remain like this forever? Let's make this permanent. Let's put a a permanent shelter for you and for Moses and Elijah. And people from everywhere will come. They will see the radiance of the glory of God shining out of you. They'll see Moses and Elijah. People will be changed. Everything will be different. Let's bring the kingdom of God here in fullness right now. Peter is saying, Jesus, this is so good. Let's just stay. And isn't this how you and I feel? You think about, again, your mountaintop experiences with Jesus, those really great moments with him. This is always the cry of my heart in those spaces. Jesus, can we just stay? Lord, I want to see you like this forever. Lord, I want to feel like this forever. Lord, I want the clarity of this moment forever. Can I just stay with you like this? Can we just keep this moment solid? Can we make this permanent? Can we bring the fullness of the glory of God right here and right now? And this just makes sense that this is our natural response. Again, there's nothing like the presence of God. And when we catch those glimpses of the wonder and the majesty and the fullness of who he is, we are changed and we are shifted, we are transformed because there's nothing so good. There's nothing so beautiful, there's nothing so powerful, there's nothing so life-changing as seeing the presence of Jesus. And our hearts long for more and more and more, and we cry out, Jesus, can I just stay? And again, this is what we were created for. In the very beginning, before sin ever entered the world, this was God's intention, that we would live with him in an unhindered relationship with nothing between us, where every day we could see and glimpse and walk in the goodness and the glory of God. And so when we have those moments Our very being cries out from the inside, longing for more of this, because this is what we were created for. This is the deepest desires of our hearts. And so we say to Jesus, Jesus, can I just stay? And so the disciples find themselves in this beautiful, this wondrous moment. 
They're catching a glimpse of Jesus like they'd never seen him before. They're hearing the voice of the Father. They're wrapped in the presence of God Almighty. And then we read, suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And so suddenly, it's just over. Suddenly, they look around, and there's just the three of them in a very ordinary-looking Jesus, the way that they've always seen and known him before, and everything is just over. I wonder if they felt pretty deflated in that moment. I wonder how they felt about that. Be like, this was amazing, and all of a sudden, we're just here. What, what just happened? We thought the kingdom of God was coming here and now. We thought it would always look like this. Jesus, why? What's going on? And isn't that how you and I feel as well? When you leave the retreat or you come back from out of the woods or your devotional time is over or we move into the sermon and maybe you're not enjoying it quite so much, um, you have this moment of suddenly it's just over. Suddenly the moment has shifted and everything looks remarkably like it did just a few minutes before. Just seconds before you're experiencing the goodness and the wonder and the glory of God and it was perfect and clear and majestic and amazing and now it's suddenly over. And when we have those moments, we just say, Jesus, why? Why is this changed? Why couldn't I just stay? Jesus, why couldn't things remain as clear as they were? Why couldn't I just stay in this beautiful moment of glory with you? And so why does God do this? Why can't we just stay? Our passage continues on. As they were coming down the mountain, it has that feeling of heaviness about it, right? They were coming down the mountain. Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man was risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead might mean. And they asked him, Why did the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come. And they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. Again, they're moving from this moment of goodness and glory and seeing the fullness of the presence of God, and they start to make this painful journey down the mountain. And as they do, Jesus starts to talk to them all over again about pain and about suffering and about death and about the journey that lies before him. And the disciples are still frustrated by this. They still don't understand what we talked about last week, that there is going to be death along this journey. And again, they're wrestling through, what does this really mean? And so they ask Jesus, don't people say that Elijah needs to come first? And scholars will tell us that what the disciples are actually asking Jesus, they're saying to Jesus, Jesus, we know that Elijah is supposed to come before the fullness of the glory of God comes, and we just saw him. Jesus, we just saw Elijah. And so does that mean that we can skip all of this idea of suffering and pain and difficulty? Doesn't that just mean the kingdom of God should come in power now and everything should be made fully right? And Jesus brings them back to the moment. And he reminds them, discussing John the Baptist, who was the Elijah to come, that John the Baptist came, he fulfilled his purposes, he made everything ready, and they have done to him everything that they wished. Jesus reminds them, John the Baptist showed up and he prepared the way and he was arrested and he was put in prison and he was beheaded because people couldn't control themselves at a party. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples and reminding them, as beautiful and as glorious as the mountaintop is, Jesus is saying he has to come down the mountain. 
In order for him to fulfill the fullness of the will of the Father, he needs to suffer and he needs to die. He needs to take on the full weight of all of my sin and your sin and overcome these things in victory and move forward into resurrection. You see, in order for the mission of God to be completed, the mountaintop experience had to end. Jesus had to leave this moment of goodness and glory and descend down into rejection and pain and suffering in order for you and I to experience salvation and freedom and fullness and all the joy that we sang about this morning. And Jesus wasn't willing to give up any of the will of the Father. And so he had to come down. And this mirrors our experience and the disciples' experience as well. They also had to come down off the mountaintop and walk through particular painful spaces of journey so that they could see Jesus in years to come in greater glory than they had ever possibly imagined. Because the mission of God required that the mountaintop experience would end. And for you and I, when we have these beautiful and these great moments with Jesus, we continue to cry out, Lord, can't we just stay? And Jesus says, no, you can't. Because there is a world that is in desperate need of hope and peace and forgiveness and freedom and healing. There are people all around us that need to see life and hope and goodness. And so we have to come down off the mountain. We have to step back into the messiness and the intensity and the busyness of life. We have to go back to our family and our job and our school and sometimes stressful and painful situations. And sometimes along the journey of redemption, there are moments that we would rather not walk through. But Jesus says to me, and he says to you, the mission is more important. And in order for us to see Jesus in the wonder and the glory and the fullness of all that we will experience one day, he invites us to move down off the mountain so that as many people as possible can find hope and life and freedom in him. You see, the mountaintop is a beautiful glimpse of what one day will be. But Jesus continues to say to us, you need to step down off the mountain into the mission that I have called you to embrace in order for the fullness of the will of the Father to be done. And this is really, really important. Because if we don't understand that the mountaintop isn't meant to last, it will come out in some really unhealthy ways within our soul. For example, first of all, we might believe if we think the mountaintop is always supposed to continue to move forward through all of our life, we may have an overwhelming sense of guilt and shame and condemnation because we feel that we just don't have it in us to stay where we were supposed to be. And again, for some of you today, and some of us today, we have this feeling. We live in this place where we feel so much guilt and such a deep sense of shame. We feel like, Jesus, why couldn't I stay? And we think it's our fault that somehow we couldn't remain on those beautiful, glorious moments of the mountaintop with Jesus. And today I want to release you from the guilt and the shame of those things. It's not your fault that you couldn't stay on top of the mountain. You were never intended to. You were intended to take the beauty of what the mountaintop looked like and to hold it in your heart and your mind and your soul, to recognize the goodness of what you've seen and known in Jesus and bring that out into a lost and a pain-filled world. And so Jesus would not let you stay on top of the mountain because in his wisdom and in his grace, he has better things for you. He has a unique part of his mission that he is calling you to play. And if you try to stay on the mountain, If you live with the weight of the shame and the insecurity of those things, you will not have the clarity or the courage or the strength to step out into all that he's asking you to be. And so you need to release that into his hands. And for others of us, maybe we don't blame ourselves. 
maybe we think the mountaintop was supposed to remain and it's someone else's fault that we're not still there. And maybe today you have a sense of frustration or bitterness or resentment towards some particular group of people or some people in particular because you feel like it's their fault that you couldn't stay on the mountain. Maybe you think if the church would just sing the songs that I really like or things would be structured and programmed the way that they used to be when it was really meaningful for me, everything would come out exactly the way that I want it to be and I could experience the mountaintop all over again. Maybe we have resentment towards particular people in our lives. Uh, the author and pastor, Paul Tripp, once described this idea that he was in his devotional space, and it was this beautiful moment with Jesus, and all of a sudden his wife walks into the room and interrupts him, and the moment is gone. Suddenly it's over. And he just felt so frustrated with her for breaking that moment with Jesus. But then he realized the presence of God should be producing in him an ability to love his neighbor as he loves himself. The presence of God within him should be producing patience and kindness and peace and selflessness, not a self-centered approach to his relationship with God. And again, it's possible that for some of us today, you're carrying around a weight of frustration and tension and resentment because you think it's someone else's fault that you couldn't stay on top of the mountain. It's not their fault. This is exactly by Jesus' design that you needed to move out of those spaces of goodness and beauty in the presence of God. He is moving you out into a lost world. Because the truth of the matter is that life in the presence of Jesus is about so much more than my own experience of God, and it's about so much more than your own experience of God. He gives us these beautiful glimpses because he knows that we will delight in them, but he also gives you the glimpses of himself that he has given to you in order to fuel you out on mission to give you a longing and a passion that people all around you would be able to experience Jesus the same way that you do. This is his intention for these times. They're not meant to last. And for some of us, it's time to let go of the resentment. It's time to let go of the bitterness and the frustration and the demanding and the trying to get back to how things were in that one moment that was so great. Because the truth of the matter is that Jesus has even greater and more beautiful moments ahead for you but you can't experience the next space of intimacy with him trying to hold on to the last one. The glory of yesterday will ne never carry you through the needs of tomorrow. And so Jesus is inviting you to embrace these things and to move forward with him. And maybe most importantly, and perhaps most costly if we get it wrong, if we think that the mountaintop is supposed to remain, if we think this is all about our own experience of what we want, we will miss the mission altogether. We will give in to a consumeristic approach to our spirituality, that this is supposed to be all about me and how I feel. The moments that God is giving me are supposed to be all about me just being delighted and full, and they are supposed to be about you being delighted and full, but they are also about something so much more. We can't forget that this isn't all about us. This is about the glory of Jesus, and this is about the mission that he's called us to play. And so what are your mountaintop experiences? What are your greatest moments with Jesus, those spaces where you have just caught a glimpse of the glory of God and your heart has cried out rightly, Jesus, can't we just stay? Again, those moments are a gift of God that are meant to be treasured and held within our hearts and in our minds, but they're not meant to be held just for us alone. They're meant to fuel us and empower us to go out with Jesus on mission to accomplish all the fullness of what he invites us into. And so today, what is Jesus calling you to? Again, for some of us, I'm certain, Jesus' call for you is to release the burden of the shame and the, the sense of heaviness that you feel, that you couldn't just stay on the mountain. It's time to let it go. 
And it's time to trust Jesus. He will bring you into deeper and richer places that this is by his design and not because of your weakness that you couldn't hold on to that sense of clarity. It's time to let it go. Because what he's inviting you into is so important and you may miss parts of it if you keep living under a sense of shame or uncertainty. For others of us, today is about letting go of bitterness and resentment and frustration. It's about letting go of that internal anger where we feel like we're blaming someone or something or some group of people for the fact that we couldn't maintain that, scent, that one season or that moment that was so beautiful. It's time to release them and to move on. And for many of us, today is about this beautiful gift these moments of glory are meant to fuel us out on mission with Jesus so that we can see more of him and touch him more completely and see as many people as possible experience life and hope and goodness and peace. And so what's Jesus talking to you about today? I want to encourage us, let's just take a moment with God and just process with him whatever we may need to. Again, to find release from the shame or the bitterness and resentment or to allow him to give you a new glimpse of the mission that he has for you. Just ask him for whatever it is that you may need from him today. Father, we thank you that you love us so perfectly. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you reveal the presence of Christ to us. Lord, we are so grateful for those moments where we have caught a glimpse of your wonder and your glory. Please never stop bringing us to that place. But Lord, we ask you to help us to see these moments rightly as a glimpse of what one day will be and not to try and hold them in an unhealthy place. We ask, Jesus, that you would fill our hearts and our minds and our souls with your view of the mission that you're giving to us, that we would move forward powerfully in a deep sense of delight into the world that you have called us into. Lord, where we have been bitter and resentful towards others, we repent and we turn away from these things. We ask you, Lord, to set us free. And in Jesus' name, we break the power of guilt and shame over those of us who feel like it was our fault that we couldn't stay. Lord, would you fill us more and more with your spirit and with your abundance, with your goodness and strength, that we might honor you and serve you and walk faithfully with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, this morning following the service, if you'd like uh, someone just to pray with you or to process or to talk through some things, there'll be some people up here who would love just to connect with you. And I recognize that for many of us, this has been a really full week with a lot of things going on, and maybe you just need some time or space to unpack these things. Also, if you happen to see the people who are baptized today on the way out, please congratulate them and encourage them. It's a really significant moment, and it's great that we get to do this together as a family. And also, next Sunday is a sections gathering. So for those of you that sit on that side of the sanctuary, uh, there's a lunch for you following the service next week. You guys don't get lunch. That'll be the week after. But so don't try and switch, because I know you guys. Don't try and switch over there just for lunch next week, because that's not going to go well. Um, also, as we embrace now the week that Jesus has prepared for us, my prayer and my hope for each one of us is that we can take all of the goodness that Jesus has poured into us over the years 
And we can use that to empower us to walk faithfully with Jesus and to make Jesus known in the days to come. May God bless and keep you. Amen.